What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to the latest Matt Russell Project. It's The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, the quarantine has us getting weird. With no sports available to bet on, that means there's nothing real to talk about. So what does a professional sports better do when there's no sports? Well, instead, I've been in the lab and I've been studying the world of the stock market. And I'm just dangerous enough to be a problem for Wall Street. Well, I've got theories, I've got observations, I've even got a model. So I'm bringing in my good buddy Rob Abitangelo, a stock market participant, enthusiast, connoisseur, and I'm going to bounce my half-baked ideas and my theories off of him and maybe get some help from somebody who at least knows uh, a lot more than I do. Hopefully, if nothing else, this exercise makes us better at dealing with the sports betting markets. It certainly can't hurt. Time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome again to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. We still have no sports, and the more time goes by, the more unlikely it seems that we'll see certain sports seasons finish. And if we do, it'll be a situation where we should really tread lightly from a betting standpoint. Obviously, there's a bunch of different sort of concepts out there about neutral site, playoffs happening, very, very strange, um, you know, without home court advantage, there's going to be some really some, some strange issues out there, especially when it comes to teams. Uh, you know, you've heard out there that people haven't had a chance to practice. They haven't been shooting a basketball. Kevin Durant talked about not having shot a basketball in a month. Uh, Justin Thomas has talked about in golf. Never has, He hasn't touched a club since they've been done. Uh, so it'll be a very strange situation. It'll be a spot where you may not want to be doing too much betting and might just be happy to have sports back. But for sports bettors out there right now, there's money just sitting in betting accounts. And I said when this started, please don't bet on things you know nothing about. At that time, we had some random Aussie rules football season had started and Russian hockey was still going on. But we have had this time to learn new things, new skills. And for me, I've dipped my toe into the stock market basically watching it like a hawk since it may have bottomed out in mid-March, which of course coincided with sports going away. So let's just set this up. Rob Abitangelo, who you'll hear from me refer to affectionately as Bobo, he and I work together on the newsroom floor of a certain sports network. We've had many long talk about these sorts of things, whether it was a slow night on the row or in a rented van flying down the interstate to Nashville, <laughs> or on the golf course over a triple bogey. I, of course, mean the beverage, not the score. So I thought, we've got nothing else to do. Let's hit record and chop it up. And I can bounce some of my observations off of him. So, Bobo, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's good to, uh, it's good to be here. I feel, I feel quite honored to be part of the uh, podcast. Oh, well, you know, uh, it's only an illustrious group that gets to uh, join, join the window uh, over the course of the, what, two and a half months that we've been doing this. And so you messaged me, uh, or we were messaging each other about a week ago, 
And I told you that I had sort of really started digging in and following the stock market. And you, and you just wrote back, you picked a hell of a time. And that's basically <laughs> what we're going to talk about here for the next little bit is the hell of a time that we are in right now. Now, first things first, the disclaimer, neither of yes. us are professionals. And to my, for my extent, I don't know anything. And to the point where I didn't even know there is a, I guess it's called an index, the Russell 2000. Yes, that's right. I, like my last name is Russell and I didn't even know that that existed until like three <laughs> weeks ago. Well, you should, you should be happy about that. There's no Avitangelo 500. I'll tell you that, so. <laughs> right. So I'm going to, I'm going to claim this entire situation here for the next five or six months the russell 2020 which i don't know if it's better or worse than the russell 2000 because i still don't really know what the russell 2000 is so if you're listening to this podcast and you go hey maybe i should buy this stock or maybe i should do this because russell tells me to or i'm I'm certainly not telling anybody to do anything but you need to remember at all given times he doesn't even know what the Russell 2000 is. So that's the most important <laughs> thing. So first things first, what is the Russell 2000? Russell 2000, is that the same thing as like the NASDAQ and like the TSC? Like, is that an index? Is that what you would yeah, call that? Yeah, it's an index. It's an index. It's a, it's a small cap index. And essentially, so there's the Russell 3000. The 2000 what? essentially, uh, it's, the, it's the smallest. It's the, it's the lower 66% of the Russell 3000. So it's essentially an index. It's an American index for small cap stocks. So why do people, why do I only see about the Russell 2000? Like, I didn't even know the Russell 3000 was a thing. Why, like, why do people uh, talk like about that it's, more? It's, well, it's kind of like the S&P 500. I mean, essentially most stocks in America are traded on the New York Stock Exchange, but then right. they have like sub-indexes like the S&P 500, which, which changes depending on the 500 biggest companies in, in America based on market cap and stuff okay. like that. So it can, it can come, companies can come in and out. Generally the top, tops stay the same obviously but some come in and out of the lower 500 and that's but they're also traded okay. on the new york stock exchange it's just an index okay so, so the sports yeah. comparison there is like making the ncaa tournament versus like the nit or not making the tournament at all and you can Correct. one year you can be in the tournament you're north Correct. carolina and one year you have a bad season and you're out of the tournament and you're right. getting relegated to the 2000 or so on and so forth so that's right yeah. okay so these indexes to me the quote-unquote sports comparison is so these index all have like you're either a member of the like new york stock exchange or you're a member of the nasdaq is that like a, is that kind of a thing yeah you can be uh you can be a member of or you can be a member of uh of both i mean so that's again the s&p 500 is the 500 largest companies in america so that's that's your big boys essentially so what's the NASDAQ difference between the nasdaq the nasdaq is a tech heavy stock so the majority of stocks in the nasdaq are are tech stocks it's, it's kind of an index okay. that was created. I think it was created in the 90s. I don't remember exactly. I could be wrong about that again. Your disclaimer off the top. I'm far from an expert. But sure. it's, not, it's not a very old index. It's essentially an index that was created when tech started to become more prominent. Okay, so um, all of these are getting traded on the New York Stock Exchange, though. Yeah, they're all being traded on the uh, NYSE. That's right. Yeah, so they're all on there, but then they have like subcategories. So like you have your S and P five hundred, okay. you have your you have your Nasdaq, then you have a Nasdaq one hundred, which is the top one hundred companies of the Nasdaq. Okay. Um, so that's something I've traded on before or traded that as an index is the Nasdaq yeah. one hundred, which 
you know, it's like it, college it football or college basketball rankings. It's like the top 25. Yeah. So like, like are they ranked? Top 100. Yep. Yeah. So that's your top, that's your Apple, okay. your Microsoft, stuff like that. But obviously anything on the NASDAQ would be, you know, would be a, a big player in the market, but you might not, the 100, you certainly would have likely heard of all those companies. Sure. Okay. Cause part of me was like, is this like, like I haven't followed wrestling in a long time, but in the nineties you were either like on WWE or WCW and I'm like, is that how it works? Where it's like you get essentially almost drafted into one of these categories or that's one of right. these exchanges or yeah. another. And like, but a lot of it seems like that's more like a country thing, right? Like the Toronto Stock Exchange has these companies. Yeah, and then, we have the TSX 30, which is the yeah. top 30 companies. Because we're not obviously America, so we can't afford to have a, a TSX 500 because we don't have okay. companies big enough to really be classified in that category, so to speak. So one of the, we have the TSX 30. Okay. Okay. So one of the things that I, I shouldn't say that I do, I don't really do anything, but like one of the things that I sort of keep my eyes out when it, when it comes to stocks or companies or whatever, is when I see people um, using something that I haven't necessarily like heard of before or, you know, um, so one example is HelloFresh, right? So Emily comes to me, she's like, Hey, we're going to three HelloFresh meals this week just to change hmm. things up, just to do something different. I'm like, oh, right. okay. Like, I'm sure a lot of people are doing the like meal delivery type thing more than they would have been, say, even a month Absolutely. ago or two months ago, Absolutely. right? So, of course, sure. I'm like, HelloFresh, like what company is like, what company, you know, owns HelloFresh? Is it its own company or whatever? And so I look it up and it's traded and it's been, it's been around for like three years and it's traded on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange, because it's like a European country. It's like HLFFT on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. I'm like, oh my God, am I going to have to start working on the Frankfurt <laughs> Stock Exchange? Well, a lot of stocks are traded on multiple exchanges. I'm sure you've realized that, obviously. Okay, but, well, that's uh, the thing. That's what I mean about like the WWE, WCW thing. Like if you're on one of the, you know, if you're on the WCW, then you weren't on the WWE. But if you can sort of... Sometimes it goes by preference. It okay. It depends on what the, because like, the company has to apply to be on a certain index number oh, okay. one and then sometimes it, a lot of times it has to do with obviously their roots yeah um you know so like for example like tom tom which might, would probably only be traded in the netherlands because they're dutch okay Whereas, uh, you you know them in north america but they might sure. only be traded in you know if you want to own uh honda yeah uh, everyone knows honda in north america but you have to buy it on the japanese stock exchange right so okay they tend to stick to their local you know, but then there's like there's cannabis producers who are Canadian who are only traded in the U.S. Kind of odd. Oh, you know, okay. They're, they're like uh, I'm trying to think of Tilray is one. Okay. A big one. Yeah. And they're all, they're they're a Canadian company, but they're only traded in the U.S. because they only applied to be. Oh, I didn't know they were a Canadian company. I'd heard like Tilray, 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 and again my month long sort of <laughs> deep dive here, and of course it was all just talking about the you know the New York Stock Exchange, so I would had no idea. Okay, so yeah. I mean, some see it as some see it as a snub, I suppose. They figure right. if you're Canadian, you could be trading in Canada first, but some companies don't care and they say, I want to be, you know, with the big boys in America. So I only want to trade on that index. I don't see the value in trading on both, on both sides, but some okay. will trade on many companies will trade on the American and the Canadian side or even internationally because they want to be, they want to make it easier for investors to grab a piece. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Some people will only trade in their own company and they're not comfortable trading in other currencies or they don't have access or they just don't, they don't want to deal with that. So 
you know, and companies will make themselves available on their on the local index so that local people can because typically people will, will want to invest in local companies. Sure. A because it feels right, and B because they know more about them. Well, I kind of so, thought HelloFresh was like the Canadian version of Blue Apron and was like this like local type company, and then I find out that I'm going to be dealing with the well, Frankfurt honest, Stock I know, Exchange. I know, I know the company, but I I had no idea what it, what they were traded on because I've never looked them up. Yeah, so, that's but I know I know they you know I know who they are. Yeah, and I totally thought it was a Canadian thing, and I was like, oh, what is that owned by like? Loblaws, maybe I don't know, and then it's like no Frankfurt Stock Exchange, and like right. it's really big in like Europe or whatever. So it anyway. is. It's one of the bigger exchanges in Europe, yeah, for sure. So one of my main theses or whatever you want to call it over just deep diving, and I mean deep diving to the point where like I live for nine thirty. Like I wake up and I'm like springing really? out of bed. Yeah. For nine 30 wow. because the, and then of course at three 30, because for those who don't know the, the, the exchanges, I guess the market opens at nine 30 and it is like, it's t- super lit at nine 30. And then at the mm-hmm. very end is like literally like a basketball game where, you know, it's just back and forth and the odds are, you know, going up and down. It's the exact same thing with the market where the prices are going up and down. Just people are getting in position, I guess, for the next day or sort of whatever. They're just trying to, you know, figure out their balance sheet or whatever you want to call it for Mm -hmm. for that day. And so, yeah, so, I I mean, I'm in like basically you know, quote unquote, nine to five with this, with this sort of thing. And it, and it is sort of, it's certainly replaced, you know, handicapping games for that night. And then the funny thing is, of course, like four o'clock rolls around and it's over. And there's no like, normally, like I'm working through the day on stuff for that night. And then there's the actual games. And then that's when you, you know, then I look at my own balance sheet at the end of the night, because of what's happened in those games. Right. Well, for me now, it's just like, okay, four o'clock is done all right, now what do I do? Because there kind of isn't really anything that you can do until that 9.30 rolls around again. So, Well, technically, on, in North America, in, in America, you can trade from 8 a.m. to 7. But the, the, the rules well, and I want to and I want to ask you about that. I believe me, that is on my notes. So but <laughs> but but, you know, before we sort of get into like a little bit more of the nitty gritty with that kind of thing, it is funny to see the simul- similarities between the stock market um, and sports and the, the coverage of the stock market and the coverage of sports. And I, you know, you sort of, I don't know if it's a chicken and the egg and an egg thing or whatever. Cause I mean, there were sports, you know, ESPN existed before, you know, CNBC and MSNBC and all these sort of very business specific ones. Right. So you had, you know, CNN was around like around the same time as, as ESPN. So they're sort of coming, you know, in and around the same time here. And so like, what do you watch? Are you a CNBC? Are you a Fox business? Like what do you, what is your, I'm all about, uh, I'm all about BNN Bloomberg. BNN Bloomberg. Uh, Okay. I haven't, I haven't dove into the BNN Bloomberg. That's my main, that's my main go-to because they're obviously, they're, you know, obviously they're owned by Michael Bloomberg. So their main office is in New York and then they have a Toronto office as well. They have offices. They're sort of like CNN to the business world in the sense that they have offices all over the world. So they like, they have Asia offices, European offices with, major headquarters with you know their own staff and broadcast crew uh but obviously i follow the reason i like it is because it's local so i'm always watching the toronto one but i get main the mainly the access i watch is toronto and new york which is the markets i'm interested in so 
I'm not too concerned with their international presence, but they do have a big international presence. But they're just regarded as one of the more, if not the most reliable in the industry. Um, they have well-respected people and good. I, don't, I just like the content. The content's okay. good. So they're the they're my main go-to. So from... I've tried MSNBC okay. and all the other ones, and I just don't like them as much. I just like the I like being in Bloomberg. I like they have an open show, they have a closed show, and I just like their guys. I like their analysts. They have a they kind of have a daily stock picking show with hedge fund experts and man, you know, managers and big CEOs and stuff where they sort of give their advice on stocks and they, and then they'll even come back on a year later and talk about the stocks they picked a year ago and we'll look at how they're doing. And it's Ooh, quite interesting. I do like that. So that's, yeah, it's good. It's around the, it's around the lunch hour. It typically eats up my, a lot of my lunch hour while I'm eating. Oh, so, okay. And that's yeah. just that the network is the BN, BNN Bloomberg, like just, yeah, the, BNN just Bloomberg. network. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm going to check that out because I haven't dipped into that. I've been just like literally only pretty much CNBC um, up, you know, for the first four weeks or so. But I do kind of go like, what is going on here with regards to some of these, the people that they have on? So I have a bunch of different sort of takes here. Um, one of them is just a fundamental, I don't, I, it's very much like sports where I don't really believe anybody has a clue what, what's going on. Right. And like, you can flip on ESPN and it's just literally talking head shows all day long. Right. And if you really know a lot about sports, you know, even if it's, and to me, the best show and it's the original show is PTI, right? Kornheiser and Wilbon. But part of that show is that it's a relationship show, right? Those guys have known each other for so long their interaction with each other is why you tune in. It's not really because you necessarily respect what those guys' opinions are nowadays because, you know, by and large, the game is... They just do different things, basically, than analyze games, right? They're just old columnists that, you know, like to chop it up about sports. But if you really know what's really going on in games and stuff, you can punch a hole through pretty much everything that they say, but it doesn't make it any less entertaining. And so I know, of course, way less about the stock market stuff, but I can sniff out just from this two weeks. And part of it is because this two weeks has been so insane. It has been the hell of a time that I'm I just in this two weeks or this four weeks or whatever, I'm literally like, okay, but you guys said the exact opposite thing yesterday. And just because the, you know, the stock, you know, everything's up 5% today. And you're saying that like, this might be the balance. And if it was down 5% last week, it was like, we might be testing the lows again. Right. And it's all just like sort of very in the moment garbage. It's kind of like a Monday after an NFL Sunday, right. Where, it's that Monday morning quarterback thing, that reaction to what happened on Sunday. And really all that happened was one game, right? You're a San Francisco 49ers fan. If the 49ers lose, it's, oh, is Jimmy G good enough to lead them to the Super Bowl? Is, you know, this, that, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And you're like, guys, it was one game, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. and of course the NFL is different from all the other sports in that, you know, if it's a baseball game, literally the next day there's a different game. So it doesn't get crunched in, you know, to the same degree. And of course, to a lesser extent, hockey and, and basketball, but there's always a game a couple days later. And with football, it's like just a complete overreaction. Well, I'm finding like literally every day it's like that on these shows. Like, and they, it's crazy. Some of the headlines that they pop up, like on the same day last week, or might've been two weeks ago. Now it was best week in blank amount of years. And then literally mm-hmm. an hour later, it was worst month 
and worst quarter Q worst Q1 in a bunch of years, right? So a positive thing yeah. when it's the best week in whatever years. And both things are true because technically, yeah, the bounce back off of the really big low there was the best week in blank whatever years. But it's like every stat, so to speak, can be undone by the very next stat. And they're literally like in one minute, they're talking about how great the week was, but how bad the quarter was. And it's sort of like, it's, that's very sportsy to me in their sort of Well, I would say, I would, I would say on, a, on a broader scale, it's, it's, very, it's very media. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, like you're, refer, you're referring to news headlines on TV. It, same could be said for newspapers or online. It's all the same stuff you're going to read. Um, mm. You know, at the end of the day, they're selling headlines. Yeah. So unfortunately, they do have to, they do have to make these things look a little bit sexy sometimes. So they'll always find a way you know, to, to make every week or every day sound more dramatic than perhaps it is. Now, some of them obviously recently have been extremely dramatic and record setting, mm-hmm. but they're always going to make it sound worse, even when things are starting to plateau a little bit relative to, let's say, three weeks ago, yeah. when you had days where there was three days in a week where I think the market dropped like eight to 10% in a day, which is just beyond unheard of. Like, I, that, that would be like three number one teams <laughs> losing in the first round of the NCAA. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't maybe even it's probably even worse than that yeah well it's like saying like okay all three yeah it's like all three number ones lose and it's like you know that's the biggest most upsets in the history of the tournament and then turning around and being like yeah but all the other favorites like moved on and so it's actually the most predictable tournament ever and you're just like yeah i get that it's both no that that but it's just like it's just flashy it's and i guess i expected it to be less sort of yeah, like you said, sort of headline grabby and like you sexy or flashy well, or however you want to put it. So I will say though, in their de- in their defense, like and as I said to you when we were chatting on the messenger, there. Keep in mind, again, if you've only literally dipped your toes in, if you're listening to this in the last month or two, yeah. and I would I would say it's, it's six weeks. It started February nineteenth to the twentieth. Yeah. Those were the that was that wasn't the day of the first big drop, but that's when it started. That's when the downhill started. When things started to escalate with Corona, and it all just sort of. Uh, it was sort of a perfect storm. And then you had the oil fiasco two weeks later, which just added to mm-hmm. it. And that just added fuel to the fire, like no pun intended. Oh, I liked it. Uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. But yes, and then you had the oil fiasco with the Saudis and the Russians. So anyways, when that all happened, it was extremely dramatic. And basically for six weeks, it's just been volatile to say the least. So it's just, you will keep in mind, yeah, the headlines you're reading probably do seem dramatic. And at times seem like you said this yesterday, now today it's this. Right now, more than ever, nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, totally. Nobody. Totally. So it's crazy. That, that's always the case with the stock market. Just, I mean, I was reading something recently and it was like the old adage, you know, investing is hard. You know, yeah. like sports is hard. Yeah. Like golf is hard. Like it's, it's true. Like investing is hard. It's not, it may seem fun and a lot of people do enjoy it. And it may seem like you can make it when you're making a lot of money. It's all rolling well. It seems great, but it's hard. Don't ever lose sight of that. Like this is not easy. Mm-hmm. That's why only a handful of people in the world are very successful at it. And most people are not successful sure. at it, which is why you don't hear about them. And people <laughs> lose sure. a lot of money because it's just not, it's not predictable. It's not supposed to be it's right. not designed to be so, and there's too many factors. And nowadays I think it's harder than it's probably ever been mm-hmm. because there's more factors than there's ever been. Yeah. Right. And things are more interconnected than they ever were back in the day when you wanted to buy or sell a stock you had to have an, an investor and you had to have someone call down on the trading floor and physically try to sell <laughs> yeah, the share true now you can do it from your phone while you're you know yeah got a nine iron <laughs> right sell some shares. Totally. So it's like it's dangerously it's so easy it's dangerously that's easy the problem right now. now when it's too easy but that's the that same thing with with sport we see another another comparison another another 
equivalent to sports betting, right? Like, you know, a lot of people think of sports betting and it's from like movies from like the nineties or whatever, where it's like, you had to have a bookie and like, you had to put up like, you know, a certain amount of money or like you were on credit and like, you know, like there's a 902 an episode, 90210 episode from the nineties where like Brandon Walsh is in deep with a bookie and he's getting like beat up in an alleyway or whatever. Right. And it's like, yeah, he had to really go to some effort to place a bet. Like he had to find a guy who was, you know, a back alley type guy where it's the same thing where it's like, well, now we just fire up an app and you can make a dumb bet just as quickly as you can make a dumb trade yeah and see i get yourself in trouble all of a sudden there's there's good elements of that but there's also i would say argue there's more bad elements because the reality is a lot of people in the market and i use the term in the market loosely Mm -hmm. uh, are not they're not knowledgeable they're not they don't care to be knowledgeable they don't care to learn about things and they just they just want to make money quickly like most people and i understand that the problem is it's dangerous because then most people what are they investing on? Well, they're investing on word of mouth, sentiment, yeah. rumors. Yeah. And that's not like in the old days. Yes, things have always traded on sentiment to a degree, but now more than ever because it's so global. Like you see a post from a, a tweet from the president and it sends the markets haywire. It's insane. And, it's, and it's not, it's, it doesn't really make any sense, but we've, that's like the new normal now. And it's sort of unfortunate that it is, but you have to learn to adapt because mm-hmm. that is the new normal. So you have to trade, you can't fight it. It's not going anywhere, but that's the normal. And the problem is you have, you have a lot of younger people investing now too. A lot of millennials and Mm -hmm. stuff like that who are investing, who don't really, they don't understand earnings. They don't care to understand earnings. And that's, you know, in the old days, things traded largely based on earnings. Now, some days it seems like earnings are meaningless and you have companies going up and down and it makes no sense other than it's just market sentiment. Like everything is up or everything is down. And so they're selling everything, even companies where you're like, why would you sell that? Well, like nothing's changed about that company. What's changed in the last 48 hours? Are their earnings going down? Are they making less money? Well, no. and don't and don't worry. We will we will get to my scheme and my concept of exactly what you're saying. That like why right now this doesn't sort of nothing really matters. And and I'm at least kind of hoping that that kind of you know is the case here. Uh, so don't worry. We're gonna get we're gonna get to that. But I just wanted to t- say uh, you know have a couple more things here that I've got written down here. One of them is so as part of watching CNBC. Jim Cramer is seems to be like the star of CNBC. Is that is that fair? Like of CNBC, yeah. yeah. But does everybody so you know, have people in the investing world? Okay, I was. He's a love hate. He's a love. Well, I was going to uh, say. So who's his comp? And like in in like sports media because he's he's pretty wacky, but he's also you know he gets the. <laughs> I watched him today, and he's got the the. Um, board going and he's circling you know he's using you know he's circling things on the board and he's talking and he's got and he yeah, has some you know he's well, good his, info his personality is obviously a large part of his shit. yeah so and so i'm like is in the sports world like he's not don uh, cherry he's got more information than don cherry well, he's got more yeah, personality yeah, like I mean, just strictly in hockey he's got more personality than like an elliot friedman he's more informative than like wilbon and kornizer on pti he's sort of maybe he's as loud as like a stephen a smith but he's way more that's who I was going to say. He's way more informed. Yeah. I was going to say. I was going to say Stephen A. Like, Smith. That's who I was. That's gonna the say. thing. I don't like. It's I need a guy who can go up to a, like a. I want to say a whiteboard or whatever, but a telestrator, and actually show me something that's happening too. You know, while also being sort of boisterous and kind of wacky. There doesn't really seem to be. Like I feel like that's missing, and I'm sure some. If you're listening right now, you're probably screaming some name that I can't 
you know, that I'm not thinking of necessarily, you know, that can do, that can yeah, do both, so to speak. Was Stephen A. Smith. And then on the Canadian side, I would say it's sort of like a, a crazy mix between, like you said, Don Cherry and maybe Jack Armstrong or something like put, put them in a cocktail. And you know what? Them. Jack Armstrong's know, but... not bad. Jack Armstrong's not bad because right. at least he is doing games where in theory, he's kind of breaking down what's happening in the game. I mean, I would make the case that he doesn't really do that enough, me, but not, not to get too far off topic, but we both worked in the sports industry and I will say from insider sources without naming sources sure. from people who have actually worked closely with him. They've told me that, you might actually, a lot of people have the wrong impression of Jack and all I'll say is, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I've just been told this. so I, I have no reason not to believe mm -hmm. it. And that he's actually much more knowledgeable than perhaps he comes across on. Oh, I, I guarantee it. Like he, right. Because if you coach he comes across as a bit of a, as a bit of a goofball and all that, but I, I've been told he's actually incredibly knowledgeable about basketball, sure. which I know some people are probably listening saying, well, yeah, I would assume he is, but some might say, well, no, he just seems like a goofball with a loud personality yeah. and that's why he's on TV. But, no, this guy knows the players, the teams, the sure. like the schemes. Like he, he's lived and breathed basketball. Exactly. Life, right? And guys I mean, who know that sport or know any <laughs> sport, like that, to the level where they've coached. And listen, you don't have to make a Final Four or you know whatever to know what you know what you're doing, right? Because obviously, especially in basketball, like talent is really <laughs> obviously the most important thing when it comes to you know uh, that sport. Right. But right, but even as, if you're a a, a D1 coach at any given time, like there's a base level of knowledge that you need to have, even if like it's a guy that I don't necessarily think is a very good coach. It's like, well, at least that guy knows enough to be able to get by. And I think that's sort of where Jim Cramer kind of lies. And I, I would make the, you know, I, you talked about our experience working in sports broadcasting. Like my issue with a lot of that was that we were dumbing things down for the audience. Right. And I think that's what I kind of like about Cramer and that like, he's wacky and doing kind of weird stuff out there, but he's also bringing enough really rock solid, like analysis on stuff that I'm like, Oh, okay. I don't really know. Like as soon as I was going to give like a Stephen A. Smith, I was like, nah, Stephen A. Smith isn't walking up to that, you know, telestrator and doing this or whatever. Right. Like it might be, you know what? It might get to a point where it's a Tony Romo. Uh, well, you know what I mean? Because Tony has know. that personality, well, that <laughs> but he also he can analyze. Like he can obviously can analyze. You know the bleep out of out of out of stuff, right? Well, and, and somebody liked him enough to pay him a massive. Contract. Well, yeah, yeah people really yeah. like Tony Romo. So I mean, maybe I like him too. Actually, yeah, yeah of course. I think he's a good. I think he's a good color guy, a good analyst. But I don't know if he's. I certainly wouldn't put him in the Kramer. Uh, I wouldn't say cat category is the wrong word, but he's not, he doesn't have the, like Kramer is kind of a nut job. I don't know. Romo does, yeah. I mean, Romo's a little more level headed to me. That's kind you of, know who Jim Kramer Jim might Kramer, be, equivalent. he might be John Madden. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe. A lot I, guess of, he, I always forget about Madden because obviously it's been a while, you know, right? Yeah. It's been a while. He's not, you know, but a lot of bones and football, like a lot yeah, of, you know, a lot of boisterous or whatever. But again, John yeah, Madden won a Super Bowl no like as a coach, right? And he was super knowledgeable. Yeah. Coach. He yeah, could break he was, stuff down. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now just, but just so you know, obviously a lot of like, because again, for people listening, yeah. Jim Cramer is a love hated personality in the finance world. So some people think he's great and other people can't stand him and they won't listen to him. And they just think he's, they don't even trust the word he says because they, you know, He's been wrong a bunch of times, obviously, but the problem sure. is he's so emphatic about what he believes, and when he's wrong, it just looks sure. Well, I always say on this podcast, like when we talk about sports betting, right? Like the idea, you know, a lot of people going in think, oh yeah, you're right, eighty 
70 whatever percent of the time it's like no like the best people in the world that do this are right 56 57 percent of the time right and so if i was the best sports better in the world and had a proven track record and i went on a television show every single day and i gave out 57 percent of my picks there'd be people who would be bummed out about that Right. Because they mm-hmm. don't understand right mm-hmm. how it works and how and what the expectation for success is. Right. I talk about that on this podcast mm-hmm. all the time. Like if, if you don't understand the expectation for success, you're going to be disappointed by what you know you get. Right. And so the idea that he has to be right all the time or, or to it. I don't I don't know what the percentage is necessarily that you know, he's supposed to be right or, and it doesn't really matter, but it's sort of like every, nobody's universally liked anyway. So, I mean, listen, maybe give me another month and I'll be totally tired of his shtick, right? Like some people love Dick Vitale right. in college basketball. Well, I can't stand listening mm-hmm. to Dick Vitale call, call a college basketball game, right? I mean, it's, oh, come on. You don't like Dick? No, I mean, but I used to, right? But after, you know, the shtick gets old over a period of well, time. you've certainly listened to a lot more of him. Yeah, so you just you run out of that, right? Especially like as a kid, you love it, you know, and the teen, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's so enthusiastic, and you know, whatever, whatever. And I suppose if I never, mm-hmm. you know, if I listened to him once a year, I'd be like, oh, it's great to hear, you know, Dick Vitale back again. It's the same people who got mad at Bob Cole for screwing up names as he got older, and it's like, you know what? Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess that was annoying for people, yeah. but like, it's still Bob Cole. You know, so it's it's probably comparable to that. But we're getting a little we're getting a little Well, let's for the if Jim Cramer ever when the market continues to if it continues to drop uh, big time and all of a sudden you hear him say everything is happening, you might want to turn him off. He wouldn't be wrong be though. Cute. I swear I'm like everything is I happening. I swear I'm sitting here like by myself in the middle of a Wednesday afternoon and I'm just like, Oh my god, everything is happening out here and Apple Apple's and I, down and Microsoft is and I don't down. know how I got oh. here. I don't know how I got here, but oh, like everything FedEx is happening is down. And it's just like I'm... we have another circuit breaker and people are going circuit breaker, they're checking their electrical amp panel going, what are they General about? Electric oh. is back and forth in this one. It's out of control. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. oh man. The other thing is, of course. Well, I'll be honest. I used to listen to a lot of Jim Cramer in my early stock trading okay. days, which was like I would say fifteen, around fifteen to seventeen years yeah. ago. So when I started getting into stocks, I was listening to a lot of Cramer. And then, like most people, he just wore on me, and eventually, I was like, I can't take any more of this guy, and I just, you know, went for the more mainstream. Yeah, and it's tough too. And I say, and I say, you know, when people. You know, we have a mutual friend. Uh, I won't say his last name, but his name's Neil. And right. and he uh, would message me. He'd be like, oh, like I won with a, one of your picks this past weekend, right? Like just a random college basketball pick. And I'm like, like I mm-hmm. gave out like 11 games. Like why did you pick just that one? And whatever, he didn't really have like a great necessarily reason. Maybe the line was a little bit better than the number that I gave it out. And that was the only one that had sort of gone the opposite direction of where I thought it was going to go. It's a little bit like me saying, mm-hmm. Hey, buy something at $5. And then you're like, Hey, that was a great pick. And I was like, why'd you pick it? And you're like, because it went to four ninety. And I'm like, yeah, but I was kind of wrong. Cause it went down to four ninety, and like, yeah, it went back, it went up to five fifty, but like, you know what I mean? Like I, it's in, it's kind of the one that I had the least, like correct because I if I'd like if I thought it was going to 490 I would have said 490 anyway so so he you know he tells me he's like yeah I got that pick and I was like you know like I'm glad that you got that you got a winner there but like if you're not following all of the picks 
you're kind of just doing your own thing anyway. You know what I mean? Like if I give out 11 <laughs> picks and you're only picking one, you're doing the work, right? So don't be mad at me if the one you pick is wrong. And I also shouldn't really get all that much credit if the one you picked was right, especially if they only go, you know, they go six and five or they go five and six, right? Like you're not really tailing me, which is the, which is the term in, in sports betting, right? If you just follow anything, everything that I do, you're not tailing me if you're only doing it with one pick here and one pick there, right? And so it's the same kind of thing with like Kramer potentially, if he's giving out five stocks and you follow the one and that's the one that doesn't work out, it's like, it ceases to become your, you following him because the expectation should have been that, you know, out of five stocks, three, were going to go up. But I, but I'll say not to play devil's advocate. I'll say this. It's a little bit different in the stock market game or in equities for that, for the broader equity mm-hmm. market. So whether you're trading bonds, any commodities, doesn't matter mm-hmm. any of it. It's different in the sense that you can, I, I hear what you're saying on the sports end because you can choose to say, well, if I like all 10 of his picks and I like him, I'm going to just take yeah. all 10 because you can afford to do that. With investing, typically people aren't buying a very small amount of something. So they don't really have the option. Most people don't have the, the financial option or leverage, yeah, yeah. to call it, to be able to say, oh, I like all sure. those picks. I'm going to grab all of them. So people tend to be more picky in the sense that they're picking, choosing and saying, okay, well, I trust everything he says, but which ones do I like the most? And right, but at that point, it's your decision-making, mm-hmm. right? Like you are now going, Absolutely. okay, oh. of those 10, which do I like? So if you get it wrong or you get that right, like that ceases to be my fault. It's now- I would, I would argue it's more, which ones do you like more? I would say it's which, like in the stock world, I can only relate it to the yeah. stock world because I don't really bet on sports, mm-hmm. as you know, but it's not anymore anyways. But I, to me, it's more, which ones do you like more? So it's like, because again, there's no, I'm not going to buy into a stock and buy like a hundred dollars worth or right. whatever. It's not worth it. So you only have a certain amount of capital. Right. So unless you borrow, unless you borrow, but that's mm-hmm. risky and that's a whole other ball game. So you, you can't like if someone says, well, here's 20 stocks I like. And you're like, boy, I'd really like to own all of them. Sure. sure. We all would. Well, it could yeah. be the same way with with sports, which, too. Right. Like if you don't have enough. Which ones do if I you don't have enough money in your bet in your betting accounts? Like you might not want to. But games, I mean, you don't right? have to. But you don't have to. But you're not betting like 10 grand or 20 grand on a game. No, that's you true. Bet 10 bucks, 20 yeah, bucks. That's a good like point. You might say, okay, I got a thousand. Yeah, it's more bucks. likely. How can I divide? Yeah, you're right. It's more likely like to be thousand, playing have... small in sports betting than it is in the stock market. That's true. Well, that's what I mean. Like in terms of actual yeah. nominal value yeah. and percentages, no, you're, like, right. you're not going to buy. If you're like, oh, I like Google and Microsoft and Apple. Yeah, that's great. true. I all of them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I will take one of each, much, sir. And... I'll take one. Yeah, I mean, that's you're, not. You're not at a deli. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work that way in the stock world. You're not going to buy no, one that's stock true. or something. Like it just doesn't that's make true. sense, right? Okay. So, so the yeah. other thing that they do on these shows, right, is they have, and it's almost like it was kind of strange that they had CEOs from companies on these shows sort of like hyping up the company, right? Because the CEO is not going to come on and be like, ah, we're really struggling out here. Like, this is a rough mm-hmm. scene. And so I kind of was like, what's the motivation for these CEOs to come on? And I'm starting to compare it to the CEOs are like the GMs of a team who, you know, you don't really want to talk to the GM unless there's something kind of spicy going on, right? And so my, my comparison would be like, you know, again, Canadian market, Toronto, yada, yada, yada. 
obviously there was a pretty big swing recently with the Blue Jays going from contender to rebuild, right? And as that was going down, whether it was like Josh Donaldson's getting traded or what are they doing with Jose Batista and Marcus Stroman, like the leadership for the Blue Jays was on like the talk shows all the time, right? It was literally like every time it felt like you tuned in to one of the sports uh, interview type talk shows, it was like, oh, we got to hear from, you know, originally it was Alex Anthopoulos, but then like Shapiro and so on and so forth. And you're just like, it's kind of like they're, they're not really like trying to stop the bleeding necessarily, but it's like, it's their answers. Like we need answers for what's going on here. And it's kind of like that. I feel like with these CEOs, because they start talking and they're like talking about their company and like, no, we're not laying anybody off and we don't have any debt and whatever, whatever. And then like you see their stock price and it's like, not moving with the market like in a good way and you're like oh i see like why this guy's on here like somebody said to him like hey like Mm -hmm. we need to pick up the Mm -hmm. pace here and so if you were just sort of dropping in like maybe i was for the first two weeks you're like oh i should buy that guy's stock because like this all of the reasons that he's saying well you and then you you look it up and you're like oh no i should not be doing that I'll say that in my opinion, you've figured it out on your own in the sense that if you if you if you watch enough of it over the months and years, you'll notice a pattern. And the pattern is simple, that most of the time these CEOs or CIOs yeah. or CFOs that they have on, typically they have them on during a time when the company maybe just had some bad numbers posted, a bad quarter. Yeah. Um, it's not usually to talk about how good they <laughs> totally. just did. If they did, if they yeah. did well, it's, they're usually not on. They have nothing yeah. to say. Uh, what are they going to do? You know, pump their tires right. more? So it's quite often when a company's doing bad and it's also from, see, from a broadcast standpoint, it's easier to get totally. them because they want to have an opportunity to come on to sort of, well, that's what bench, I mean. I'm like, right, Oh yeah. Say, they're well, PR person. I, I know the numbers said, yeah, this. the PR person signed them yeah, up in a minute calls, to jump on this, right? Who the buck, I mean, you know, the old adage, the buck stops with them and yeah. it really does. So who better to defend that recent quarterly report where perhaps, you know, the market sentiment is now majorly down on that company because of the yeah. numbers. But, but a lot of people see the problem is most people and, finance is no different they just read yeah. the headlines they don't actually delve into the numbers and again i understand it it's it's not up most people's alley they don't doesn't interest them so they're not going to delve into the numbers but a lot that's what the ceo should know obviously and that's quite often what they're there to explain is say well hold on i know the broader numbers mm-hmm. look like this but here's yeah. why you know we sold a lot of this or we issued more shares or we we you know we uh, took on some more uh, we, we took down some more of that loan. Like they have a, they have their own line of credits and they drew down on it. And then that made things look worse or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So there's all these different reasons why numbers look different yeah. than they are. Obviously a little bit of it is a show a smoking mirrors to a degree where they're trying to justify. Sure. And, make it and that's case and by often, case, right? Like sometimes it's like, okay, this, t- yeah. this, this company's not going in the tank. They just, you know, want to kind of beat something, you know, until they get, you know, they want to get there before it becomes a bigger issue. Right. And then there's other ones where you're like, Oh, this guy's in big trouble. Yeah. And then it's other, and other times it's funny. You'll have times where you'll have like the CEO of mm-hmm. Uber on and they're like, the stock is, you know, they announce their quarterly earnings and they're four billion. It'll be like eight quarters before they turn a profit and they're $4 billion in debt. And yet people love the numbers and the stock yeah. is up. So it's kind of like, it's, you know, it's kind of odd that way too, but a lot of times, Stocks tend to move on, on, obviously, earnings are one of the big things that tend to move stocks, and it tends to move on a few factors, one of them being, uh, and then, and then you, they talk about uh, their projections mm-hmm. for the year. And when those projections change, the, the market does not like, doesn't like it when it changes sure. to the negative. And then that tends to be a big driver yeah. of stocks okay. as well. 
you know, because they, they put out forecasts mm-hmm. for the year. And then they'll tweak those forecasts throughout the year as, as they see fit. And if they tweak it at all in a negative way, that, that just, that's generally something that drives stocks down and people don't like that. And they'll say, oh, oh why, why? I thought you said in the fourth quarter, you thought you could you know, this was going to be your average price per share. Now you're saying this, like what, what? And then they start to wonder what's going on behind the scenes. Like it must be worse than we're, than we're being told. Well, isn't that just people. like, mm-hmm. like, you know, why didn't you get enough for Josh Donaldson? Why didn't you get enough for Marcus Stroman? Like, it's like, you don't know, you yeah, don't know like, what their offers were like. And, and a lot of, of course, exactly. a lot of times the, you know, the fan, you know, short for fanatic, as we all like to say, um, you know, doesn't realize that like, yeah, you know what? Edwin Encarnacion's washed, right? Like, I know that you had a great time with him. Like, we all had a great time while, you know, while he was at his peak and he was crushing it. But like the other teams are smart too. And they're not going to give you a ton of stuff for a guy, a 36-year-old guy who, you know, can't play up his position or whatever, whatever. You know, same thing with, like, Batista towards the end. And, like, even, you know, Donaldson's probably going to squeeze out another good year if we ever get sports back. But, like, you know, it's like they also do have to explain it to the layman sometimes and in a rightful way, yeah. too, right? Like, they also have to yeah. kind of tell yeah. people. Like, a, no, I think that's yeah. a great comparison. So, I compare it to injuries yeah. in sports, too, how sometimes they're not always, they're not always forthright about injuries. True. And I understand yeah. why they're not. But we know sometimes sure. they're lying, yeah. for good or for bad. Oh, hockey, the lower and, body injury, you know, right? It's it, like Austin Matthews is yeah, out for two weeks or he's out for two months. We don't know. And there's times when, as a fan, you know that they're sort of they're, they're making yeah. they're sugarcoating it. And there's times where you think maybe it's they're making it sound worse than it is. Usually it's the, it's the sure. aforementioned, not the latter. But like, you know, where last year when they brought Kevin Durant back in the finals, Everybody, most people that I spoke to were like, <laughs> totally, of course. Like, and yeah. sure enough, like, okay, he comes out, he scores like nine yeah. points in a minute or something. It was like ridiculous. And the next thing you know, he makes one wrong yeah. move and that's it. He's done. And now he's done for the next season. And everyone's sitting there going, the average, like, I would say the non, the, the, the savvy sports fan who I like to consider myself as, you're sitting there going, yeah, we all, like, what were you doing? <laughs> like, we knew yeah. this was going to happen. Like, this is not an injury you can recover from in a few days and yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I'm back. It's like we're talking yeah. about an Achilles here. Like, this is serious. But it's like, funny, you know, though, if you, you know, look back just... at it now, I and mean, we're sort of getting off, tra- off topic here, but it's always fun to at least talk about sports, especially when there's none that exist. Uh, it's funny now because you're like, oh, well, if his plan was to leave all along, I do kind of now see why they were like, all right, let's run him out there. Because, you know, like in the back rooms or even in the back of, somebody's mind or whatever and maybe that was sort of why it was so emotional when he got hurt it was like you know what we well, might as well just and that's, that's we might as well run him out here because he's not going to be back here the next you know so if we can get another week out of him here and pull off a championship and then he can go wherever he wants to go because obviously there was rumors about him leaving for quite some time before that so well, yeah, but personally, I'm on the I'm on the side of that it was oh I totally think it was oh it's always going to be his choice it. right but if his, but what I mean is, they didn't, and that's they didn't what stop. I'm saying, right? I think they uh, stop they if he's on a three-year they, they, deal remaining. They flat out stop him. Is my point? You know what I mean? Okay. Like I think he wanted to All play. Right. He's like, I can play. Yeah. I can do it, and he certainly could, right? He was awesome for that first like quarter and a half or whatever it was. My yeah. point is again, grading back to yeah. the stock comparison, like you were comparing it to heads of companies coming on these networks and yeah. sort of defending themselves. It's no different than them saying like when he decided that when they announced he was going to start whatever it was, yeah. game three, I think, or four, I can't remember. And they were sort of like, of course, they were defensive of it because what are they going to say? They decided to put him in the lineup. And they're like, oh, he's good. <laughs> yeah. To go. yeah, he's good. And it's like, uh, and you're sitting there going, doubt it. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Eh. 
I don't think yeah. he's good. Sure enough, not even one quarter right. out. I don't think his later. earnings. Yeah. I don't think his earnings are where they need to be. Yeah. Well, it's, it's no different than a company saying like the CEO I mean? coming on and saying that you know, we're going to be turning a profit in three quarters. Mm, uh, I haven't seen anybody I in that store so. in a long time. And sure enough, it comes it comes to fruition, and then you kind of say, "Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that." So. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like I watch these things, and like I'm cheering them on, like they're actual teams, like especially at the close, right? Like if I have a like a a number that I want this thing to get to, either like in a low to buy or a high to sell, I'm like cheering them on. In a lot of ways, it's not that much different from following scores on an app. Like if I have, a, you know, if I don't have access to a game on TV, all I really have is just a refreshed number that changes over the course of two hours. And I'm like, that's the exact same thing that's happening right now as I'm like on, you know, my, my, uh, you know, TD thing. And I'm like refreshing or whatever. It's the exact same thing. I was like, are they going to make the free throw? Are they going to go up 10 cents here? Like, I don't really know. Like what's, what's going on. Well, I'll say this one, as we're having this discussion, one thing that literally popped into my mind that is very similar between the two, because there are a lot of parallels is the, is the old totally. momentum yeah it's very similar in both you know momentum in sports always tends to it, it yeah. rarely fails you can you can feel it coming and sure enough it just builds yeah. like an avalanche and it's very much the same in the market like i was watching the markets today like i usually mm-hmm. am you know on and off sort of passively but i've always got my window open and i could see they started up big time and then i think it was I, i'm not 100 percent sure but i think it was the press conference that uh governor cuomo gave today where he announced that and I don't mean to, I'm chuckling because people are sure. so naive right now. They're, they think things have gotten better in like two days. And it's like, guys, we're <laughs> far from out of the woods yet. And sure enough, he announces that it's the biggest one day jump when a day earlier it was like the lowest right. it's been in two weeks in New York. And now it's the biggest one day jump. And I think that was one of the catapults that literally sent the markets back down today. They didn't end right. majorly down, but yeah, they were no, up big sure. time. And then everything sort of, everything receded. And it was just, again, it was just based on sentiment. And I could see it yeah. already at noon. Like I, I, you know, I'm looking at my stocks, I'm looking at my accounts, I'm looking at things going, oh, this is not, this has no stain <laughs> totally. today, this is not going to end up here. You can you can already see it, for, because you can see the stocks pulling back, pulling back, pulling back, and sure enough, the momentum just took over, and by the yeah. end of the and day... And for, for those who are listening so, later in the week, was, like we're talking, this is, we're just taping this on Tuesday night, and so there was a big, big... Uh, bounce or whatever you want to call it on monday it was like seven percent on monday you and i talked about it we were like this was crazy like it's got to go down the next and then the next day tuesday morning and it kept going up but if you looked deeper into it it was this like and again i'm by no means you know we've made it clear i'm not an expert or whatever but i was looking at like what actually went up and like what the things that went up big were and they were all like the really kind of fake ones that like you wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole right now, right? Like airlines and cruise ships and mm-hmm. whatever, and all the stuff we're going to get to mm-hmm. uh, in what's looking to be a part two at this point. But um, I'm looking at this and I'm like, all of the ones that are taking big jumps are really kind of sort of these fake leaders here. And I'm not really buying that like Boeing is going to stay today at like 160 or wherever it, you know, it hit. And so of course, then later in the day, like it starts coming back down and you're like, yeah, but all of the sort of rock solid companies were only up like one or 2% maybe where, you know, whereas like all these other things were sort of falsely inflating the overall scene, which was like, oh yeah, everything's up four or 5% again. And I'm just like, you know, like the fakey ones here are up like 15% and the like rock solid ones are up by only like one or 2%. 
And so, and I look at that That's and I'm right. like, yeah, I'm, it might as well, it may very well close up two, three, whatever percent, but I'm not buying this at all. And then, like you said, around noon, it just turned and like went all the way sort of back down and actually finished like slightly below. And I think that leads into tomorrow. But like I said, a lot of people will be listening to this Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. So, um, just just to clarify that that's sort of what we're talking about so yeah i'm cheering i'm cheering for these numbers right. and like you said the momentum like a lot of it's like it pushes through like a, a a round number like if you're hoping something you know you've got something at around 52 it's like it'll like go up and then it'll sort of stop at like 5198 5199 it's very much like a basketball game where it's like a team's down 15 points and they get close to taking the lead and if you're the team within the lead and you're just like we're okay as long as they don't burst through and take that lead because that will give them a second surge of adrenaline, of emotion, of momentum, and then yeah. that's when we're in trouble. Like they can take, they can go from a fifteen-point lead to a two-point or fifteen-point deficit to a two-point deficit. Well, what is? But the, it's like, what does Jack Armstrong always say? Ben yeah, like, exactly. But when <laughs> once something goes through that round number, that fifty-two, you're like, uh oh, here it goes, and then it like shoots its yeah. way up into like the mid, you know, like the you know fifty-two-six all of a sudden, and you're like, wow, it just went up sixty cents like super quick when we were just in a dogfight back there in the you know 5190s for like a really really long time so um other just yeah. to quickly sort of finish off part one here um there's obviously advanced stats to both in things to break down you know teams mm -hmm. and and stocks oh, and God, it's yeah. very comparable in that and then oftentimes like none of those things seem to matter right like whether you're watching a game and you're like I don't understand how this one team is winning this game, right? Like football, it happens. Basketball, it happens. Um, terminology. Yeah, that's, I think that's an excellent, Term excellent comparison. The stats are huge, but you can get yeah, lost. Yeah, for in the sure. Middle. Terminology so. from a sports betting standpoint, like we talk in sports about support and resistance in the markets that we deal with with regards to sports, right? Point spreads, right? Like a point spread will move from six and a half and it'll go down to like four and a half. And you're like, well, where's it going to stop? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it'll stop at four and a half and actually like we'll move back up. And the same thing the other way where it'll go from six and a half and it's like, will it get to seven? And it's like, no, it's actually going to stop at six and a half because anytime it touches seven, like there's a group of people with money betting it at plus betting a team plus seven, plus seven, plus seven. Right. And so it's the That's same right. thing right. where it's yeah. like, people are sitting there like on that 52, they might just be sitting there at 5199 and going, we're not letting it get past 52. And that's why it stays so long before it cracks the 52 and why probably why when it bursts through 52, it does so because maybe that resistance wasn't there when you thought like maybe it might be right. And you sort of learn teams in the same way yep. you learn companies and their range. Right. So I have rankings of teams, but I don't power rank them like, oh, this team's 88 out of 100. I power rank them in like, OK, well, their lowest they can play is like a 74 and the best they can play is a 92. Right. And if they play their best for whatever reasons I might decipher that they might be a 90 when they go up against this team over here. And that team might be, a, you know, the worst they could play is maybe an 85 and the best they could play is like a 99. Right. Like they might be the best team in the league. But if for some reason I think that this team is only going to be 85 on that day, then, the, you know, and the other team's 90 you know, two or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that's how I make my power ratings and my, and, and do a lot of my betting. Right. And so it's the same thing with these 
companies you're like oh this this company is like this is the best they can do you know like they're not going any higher because there's going to be resistance at that point oh they can't go any lower because eventually there's going to be support it's like it's very similar in that you're sort of analyzing these teams um and so on and so forth so what we're going to do here is we are going to turn this thing into a two-parter because i still have a lot to ask you about and and we're going to get a little bit deeper into the minutiae. I just wanted to get all of that sort of out first and sort of, you know, break down why why we're doing a stocks podcast on a podcast that generally deals with sports. And I think there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, make sense. And, you know, as we try to improve and get better and we have this time to learn and and work on our craft without actually having sports, I think stock market is a natural um, you know, a natural sort of comparison, a natural outlet, so to speak. So um, we're going to stop it right here. And then we're going to come back with part two, where we deep dive a little bit into sort of how we're going to play this. We'll look at my plan for the next few months, the difference between Rob's strategy of long term with mine, that's more of a combination of with a focus on a daily or weekly basis. And we'll get a little more specific about stocks with regards to what's been happening with different industries, along with more basic questions and more sports comparison. So look for part two. And until then, we'll see you at the window.